Good morning and welcome to Living and Loving Each Day in the Word of God. I'm your host, Elder Gail Osby, and today's message is on healing and miracles. You know, as a part of messages and teachings that I've been doing um, in my local church, I wanted to extend it to you because I really believe that God is speaking to his people expressly. And he wants us to have understanding. We're not to walk in darkness. We're not to think everything is spooky. You know, Satan is in the earth. He's moving in the earth and he does have some authority. But see, I know that God supersedes anything that the devil can do. So I'm looking towards him for my help. I'm looking towards his ways to understand him more and more each day so that I can walk in the authority and the power that he has invested in each and every one of us. So I hope you are too. So today I wanna speak to you specifically about miracles, healing miracles. Many times we um, go through afflictions and especially coming out of the pandemic, people are being faced with cancers and all different and all sorts of different ailments and, and, and evil upon their bodies. And they think that they have to suffer it out, that it's okay, that this is the, you know, the plan and purpose of their life. I once had a neighbor who had cancer of the lung cancer, and she said, it's okay. My mother had it, my sister had it, and now I got it. And I'm looking at her and I'm saying, you know what, but where's your faith in God? You don't have to be with your, what your mother did. You don't have to do what your sister did. But if you believe in God, he can bring you out of that situation. Break that generational curse off you and give you more life, added life. Like Hezekiah gave him 15 more years. God can add years to your life if only you believe. You know, how do you, how do you change the mind of a person whose mind is stuck right there? who's saying, well, this is my, this is my lot. This is what's going to happen to me. And I'm fine with it. Well, I'm not fine with it. If the Bible says with long life, will I satisfy you and show you my salvation? Then that's what it means. That's what I want. If I'm moving and breathing in God, then I want what God says I can have. I want to be blessed. Those are the blessings of God in our lives. So let me go on. My God. There's an uh, author, and he's an evangelist. His name is Bill Johnson. He wrote a book called Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind, Access to a Life of Miracles. And in that book, he began to speak about Christians, Christianities. Christians are Christ-like. We're supposed to mimic or emulate Christ. He says that Christians are absolutely responsible for bringing divine healing to people. We're responsible. How are they going to know unless we speak the word? How are they going to know about Jesus Christ unless we share the gospel? Why do we need to speak? Because it proves the will of God. It proves who he is. Bringing earthly reality into alignment with what is true in heaven. So we're supposed to emulate what's in heaven, what's coming from God. Healing is a part of the normal Christian life. God puts it in his Bible, in his book. He illustrates it in the life of Christ, whether it's in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. 
He told us to emulate what Jesus did. And in one chapter, he writes, we have inherited every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That's in Ephesians. We have, and I want you to say that, you have inherited. You say, I have inherited every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. This is what God has given to you. Every blessing. You're not under a curse. No, you're not. You're under the canopy of Christ. You're being covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. God wants you to know that you have an inheritance in him. And that inheritance is a covenant that we've made, comes through the covenant that we've made with him. And therefore, healing is your bread. Healing is your lot. You can call upon God. You can stand on his word and believe him. My God. Deuteronomy 29 and 29 says this, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. In other words, there are some hidden things that we know not because God has not revealed it to mankind as of yet. There are things in the earth that God has not opened up to us that we can see it, understand it, and know it. He says, but those things which are revealed to us belong to us. Therefore, the things when we dig deep into the scriptures, when we begin to meditate on his word, when we begin to find out who we are in Christ Jesus, God says, those things that you uncover, that you unlock, belong unto you. See, God allows us to see some of the mysteries. He gives those to us so that we can be saved. We won't go shipwrecked. We won't go off to the left and the right and, and, and walk around saying, well, I know my, I don't know my God. I don't know what he's saying. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know what is covered, covenantially yours. my God. He says, but to our children forever, when we know it and we're able to walk it out, we hand that same thing over to our children. And that's every word, that lifestyle, because we're living this. This becomes our lifestyle. So our children, that's what they'll know. It'll be their lifestyle. That's how you pass down these generational blessings that you have in your life. One of them is miracle. A miracle is a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. It's an interruption in the system of nature as we know it. It is operated by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus in God they use miracles as a way to open doors so that we can proclaim the gospel. That's why you have television evangelists. You have evangelists. I even see still uh, to, de to this day, which is a blessing. I used to say, what in the world? But now I understand their purpose. When I see a street evangelist out there speaking the word of God, oh, what boldness it takes for him to stand out there in the midst of the people who don't know him to say, thus says the Lord, how glorious glorious is that? My God, my God. God uses miracles. He uses men and women to open up doors, to unlock understanding in our lives. In the name of Jesus, my God. That's why Jesus in the Bible, it says he went around, he was doing good and he was healing all that were sick. He didn't turn you away and say, no, not you. You're not ready. No, I don't like how you look. No, Jesus had compassion for the multitude. Jesus didn't want anyone to pass him by and that didn't receive a touch from him. 
Oh, yes. Oh, my God. This is getting good. <laughs> I'm going to read you from the book of Acts because Acts is the book of the apostles, but it's the book of the Holy Spirit as well. It's a book where the Holy Spirit begins to work in the lives of the disciple and work in the lives of the, the religious people, of the Jews, of the Gentiles. The Holy Spirit began to establish the first church. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. My God. In the New Testament. So I just want to read some of the miracle power that was happening during that time. And one particular instance in Acts 12, this is where Peter was delivered from prison by an angel. And the Bible tells us that chains fell off and the huge iron gate that led to the city opened up, which allowed him to access it, uh, uh, to exit out. So let's just go with verse six. And I'm going to read all the way down to verse 10. It says that very night when Herod would have brought him out, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. That's how much they wanted to keep him bound up, bound with two chains. And the guards before the door were securing the prison. They didn't want any, any miraculous events to take place. And suddenly an angel of the Lord approached him and a light shone in the prison. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up saying, rise up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. So the chains, when the angels touched Peter, said, rise up. They were delivering Peter out of the hands of the prison and the prison gates. Then the angel said to Peter, dress yourself and put your sandals on. And Peter did so. Then he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And Peter went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Peter didn't understand. This is real time. I might be walking through this vision, but in the spirit, we're moving in the spirit. I'm getting you out of here in the spirit. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading to the city, which opened to them by itself. My God, you talk about miraculous, divine intervention. And they went out and went forward one street and then immediately the angel left him. The angel left him. What did the angel do? He went into that prison and he took Peter out, walked him right out the gates. And it says, now, now you go. You're on your own. You know where to go now. Look what God did. God sent angels to get Peter. You know, there's one other verse in a place I want to just take you before. Because I really love this. This is in Acts 19. Another instance. Acts 19, 11 and 12. And this is where God wrought special miracles for Paul in the cloths from his body, which brought healing and deliverance from evil spirits. Hallelujah. So this takes place in Ephesus as they receive the Holy Spirit. And then verse 11 says, God worked powerful miracles by the hands of Paul. 
So handkerchiefs or aprons he had touched were brought to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. So Paul, who was a man of prayer, a man of the word, a man who spoke God, who knew God, who had an encounter with Jesus Christ, Paul was full of the Holy Spirit. And it says that God used him. Jesus used him to perform miracles so that not his body, not his hands, but handkerchiefs and aprons. And the aprons, when they talk about the aprons, those are his work clothes. Paul was a tent maker. He had a business. So when Paul was making tents and he was sweating as he was working, God took those aprons and he used them. I read in one research article that people would come from all over and take his cloth, take his take his work clothes from him while they were hanging in inside the place. Because why? Because they were receiving healing. They wanted to be set free from those evil spirits. Hallelujah. My God. So God's healing miracles are confirmation that he cares for us. He has compassion on us. His presence is with us in every situation, every circumstance. God doesn't want us to walk around uh, uh, broken down, our bodies broken down, but he's called us to be strong in him and the power of his might. Healing is a sign that God's kingdom is both here and in its, it's in its fullness. So God's love for you and I is greater than any situation or struggle we can go through. When we turn our face to God, when we begin to notice and, and look towards him for as our helper, as the one that we can resort to. I always quote, and I quoted it for a while, Psalms 121. I look towards the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who created. He created heaven and earth. My God. When we receive a miracle, is God working at just the right time and in just the right place and in just the right degree to produce a redemptive outcome? Every time a soul is saved, God does a miracle. See, he has to transform your mind. He has to soften the hearts of man, to pull them out of what they have been in. If you really look at it, many people come to God at, a, at an older age. They, they go and have their fun in the world. And then at one point they say, oh, I can't do that anymore. You know, I got to stop. And some don't even say that. God just divinely saves them. He pulls them out. He saves them. But it's a time and a season of processing that we have to go through in order to bring us closer and closer to God, to understand him more, to renew our thinking, renew our minds in the way of Christ and not the way of the world. My God. Jesus lets us know that we can pray and remove problems or hindrances. John 14 and 13 says this, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. What do, so how do we approach God? This is where I'm going to leave off with you. We approach God according to the promises of scripture. He's not separate from his word. I can say, oh, God, help me. You can't, you can't commit adultery and say, oh, God, but he's mine. Help me. <laughs> That's just a joke. Uh, <laughs> and a, not a good one at that. But uh, 
we have to go according to the word of God, according to his promises. What are the promises concerning God? That's what he'll fulfill. That's what he'll hand over to you. So when you go to God, go according to the word of God. What I, you know, one thing you can do, look up scriptures. If you're having a particular problem, begin to look up the scriptures. Hallelujah. And that will help you. John 15 and 17 says, 7 says this. If you remain in me and my word remain in you, you will ask whatsoever you desire and it shall be done for you. So we have to be in God, in Christ. He said, if you remain in me, if you're in me, that, and if I'm in him, that means I know him through his word because he is the word that dwelt among us. So therefore, I can go to him and say, Father, and I can ask him because I know it's according to his word. He said, you ask and it'll be done. Amen. Another way to approach God is to abide in him, which is what we just heard. You can abide in him, but we can't appropriate anything from God unless we're in his presence. We have to be in his presence. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean in his presence? In other words, we have to spend time with God. We have to pray. We have to seek him. You know, when we we are seeking God, we're in God, we're, we're singing, having that, that special moment with God, we come to him in prayer and communion, you know? And when that takes place, God hears us. There's a relationship thing going on. God's hearing what we are saying, and he's going to answer us according to his word. And if you want to find that scripture, it is in 1 John 3 and 22. And it says this, and whatsoever we ask, we will receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. See, we have a relationship with God, a relationship. We also ask in faith, according to Mark 11 and 24, and we must be persistent. If I ask one time, God doesn't hear me. God doesn't say anything to me. I'm going to continue to go before God and ask. He'll speak to you. He'll let you know right from wrong. God is a loving father. He loves you so much. He doesn't want to see you damaged or destroyed or shipwrecked. God knows, you know, it might not be the right time for something, but he's also orchestrating, putting together what we actually need, even before we know it. You know, God is divine. He's a divine, uh, has a divine presence. His will is divine. Everything about him. That's what the glory is all about. Oh my God. And then the last one I'm going to give you today is that we have to always be repentful of our sins. And a lot of people don't like to say, oh, you got to sin. We all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short. Not one of us is perfect. You know, I, for years, I see people in front of 
leadership or in front of people, dignitaries, they are the perfect picture. They are all in all, they're put together. They're like, wow. But then in front of when they're not there, there'll be other people around. They're not so put together. Their words may not be uh, uh, nice towards other people. And that's what happens, you know, but God sees it. He says, what you do to the least of these. See, you think you're getting away with it, but you're not. God sees everything that we do. So therefore, when we want to receive a miracle, we want anything from God. We have to check ourselves, examine ourselves. Where did I, what did I mess up? And it might not be intentional. Sometimes we can have a frustrating day and want to just, you know, just go climb on in a rock somewhere or hide somewhere and say, okay, God, today is, I just need to be by myself. And then you have people bombard you. And that's a day where you say, no, no, no. You know, you're having a bad day. Something might not be in order. We can have those days. So when you we are like that, that's a time where we seek God, you know, and just tell people, you know, can I can I get back to you on another day? But sometimes we don't we, you know, the situation circumstances can get the best of us, whatever it is. We just have to learn how to be more repentful. Say I'm sorry, you know, it, it was a uh, having a, not a nice day today. I'm sorry. Just repent. Let them know you love them. You know, so that won't, that won't hurt. So Jesus told us, and this is so important for each and every one of us. We who believe in him, we, we call believers who believe in Jesus Christ. The works, every work that you read in the Bible that you, that he did, every work, when you read every work, every work. As you read through the Bible, if it wasn't him, it was through the extension of him, through his uh, uh, apostles and the disciples that he released out. And it was more than just 12. He had 70. He had numbers that he was releasing out. Matter of fact, Apostle Paul, and this was what's so good, when Apostle Paul began to teach in the school of Tyrannus, they said many people, they came from all over. They sat at the, the feet of Paul and they would listen to him, some for one day, some for several days, but they would just sit and listen to his teaching about Jesus Christ and when they got up and went back to their hometowns, they began to establish churches, churches in their homes, neighbors, people would come to them and begin to listen to the message and the preaching about Jesus Christ. And souls were saved. And that's how the churches began. My God. My God. So he said, the works that he did, because he did a powerful, mighty work. He says, we would do also, but we would do greater works. We see the establishment of churches. We see the evangelism still going on. He said, greater works. The church is working. The church is working. We need believers who will stand on that wall and believe the word of God. Believe what he says in his word. If you're not studying your Bible, if you're not in the word of God and you wait till Sunday till your preacher opens up the word, you have to repent. Because God didn't, God, yes, he gave them to watch over your soul, but you've got to know this thing for yourself. You've got to know the word of God and be in it. Otherwise, people can lead you astray. People know the word. They might not be living in God, but they'll sure quote it to you and you run behind them thinking that they know it and they actually don't. They're not living it. 
So if you really want to know God, I gave you the prescription. I gave it to you. Get in his presence. Be obedient to the word. Learn the promises of God. Stand on those promises. Repent of anything that you have done and you move on because God doesn't remember our sins. He throws them in the sea of forgetfulness. The only person that remembers is an is a evil person or Satan himself. That's gonna, they're, they're the ones who will throw your, your sins or your shortcomings back up to you. God's not going to do it. He said, I got rid of it. Now, come on. So when you sin, replace it with the word of God. Say, forgive me, Father. Replace it with the word of God. Now I know the correct way to go. I've changed. I shift. I move. I'm in a new place. And that's what God wants you to do. So as I close today, oh my God, I hope you got something out of this message. I hope you know who you are in Christ, that you are a very special and important person to God. So as I close this podcast, I just pray that you will come back again and may the grace of God, the glory of God, and the power of God be upon you to perform miracles, not only in your life, but miracles. Speak a word that will produce a miracle in others. God bless you. And until next time, this is Elder Gail Osby with Living and Loving Each Day in the Word of God. Shalom.